Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before. He's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Oh, Coming to you live on tape from the penthouse of a partially completed commercial high-rise in glamorous Hollywood adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of one of LA's leading cement factories, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, making his third Tully Show appearance, the drummer of Motion City Soundtrack, behind-the-scenes podcast producer to the stars, and the host of his own Bizarre Albums pod, which, although I have not actually looked this up, I believe is currently number one among all podcasts on iTunes. So congratulations on that. Oh, thank you Hello, so much. Hello, and welcome back, uh, Tony Tony Thaxton. It's been a long, slow climb, but you finally made it. I'm finally here. Uh, I'm glad you did your research. <laughs> it is for sure the number one <laughs> podcast. I think... Of all time is what I've been hearing. But you're not here to brag. No, 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 no. Of course not. Um, I love uh, keeping tabs on what you're doing. And when you visit here, I encourage people to check out the Bizarre Albums pod. I love to uh, to take a look and uh, sample some of the things that you've been talking about over there. You did an episode recently about uh, Joe Pesci. Uh, yes, I did. That uh, it weirdly was because uh, on every episode, I I I say at the end to uh, the listener if there are certain albums that uh, you know about that maybe you want to hear covered on the show, uh, let me know and you know email or tweet me or whatever. And uh, this has weirdly been one that I've gotten a lot from people. Uh, I didn't. That's, I knew of it is of its existence, but I got way more requests than I expected for it. This is uh, this is like a deleted scene from uh, one of the episodes I've done with Mark McGrath, where we talk about actors uh-huh. uh, singing. Um, uh, but but for the most part, I I have some prior knowledge of the stuff that you put on the pod. The George Martin one that we talked about the last time you were on the show, like that. Wow. Like, did somebody tip you off to that or? No, I actually remember when that came out because mm-hmm. um, the, the uh, I the some of the clips that I used of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I remember seeing some of that stuff on TV in 1998 when it was coming out. And because uh, I remember, you know, that was it was like the height of Jim Carrey mania. And Jim Carrey does I Am the Walrus on that record. So I remember sort seeing, of memorably. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing like Entertainment Tonight or something talking about the album and then like sh- kind of showing him in the studios as they ran the credits or something. And uh, so, yeah, it kind of was always in the, the back of my brain kind of remembering. I'd, I'd never owned it or anything like that. So not until uh, researching that episode did I really actually listen to it. Yeah, it's probably more interesting to to talk about than to really listen to at least more yeah. than more than once. Yeah, I'd recommend the BBC special that's on YouTube over listening to the album. Is that the the one w- w- where uh, Paul McCartney interviews George Martin? No, this is just like literally about this record, oh, wow. this In My Life album. It's about the recording of it and. A lot of behind-the-scenes studio footage and stuff like that, and interviews with the people that are on the album. Wow. Yeah, yeah I guess I guess I want to make fun of it, but yes, it is, it's it's George Martin. Anything that he did, particularly if it was going to be uh, announced beforehand that it was a career-capping yeah. album, you had to treat it with reverence. So I won't make any jokes about it. Um, <laughs> but you also, so you're saying a lot of people suggested that you look into Joe Pesci's yeah. music career. Yes. Which I have to think, I'm listening to the episode, yet you... Uh, 
are or became aware that he had taken a stab at music far earlier in his career. Yes, in uh, in 1968. Yeah, Little Joe sure can sing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, very hard to find that. I mean, you can find uh, some of it on, on YouTube, but yeah. uh, like to actually find physical copies and stuff like that is pretty hard. Uh, Did he not cover the Beatles? Oh, he did. There's at least two Beatles covers. I know he does Gotta Get You Into My Life and Fool on the Hill. Fool on the Hill is the one I'm thinking of, There might be one other. I'm blanking at the moment, but at least those two. Little Joe could sing it all. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's all all covers. So I I do, uh, I talk about that a little bit in the episode and play a little clip of uh, Gotta Get You Into My Life. And then he got back into the music business because as you and I have discussed, these, I feel like so many of these actors and comedians not only like music like everybody likes music they they've always they started off with a little bit of a musical background and that doesn't go away you always consider yourself a bit of um of a musician and i think that goes a long way towards explaining why he thought it was an excellent idea to capitalize on his my cousin vinny character by releasing an album in character or is sort it of okay no it, it it sometimes is it's very weird cuz yeah so the record's called vincent laguardia gambini Sings for just for you, right? Is that what it, off top off top of my head? I believe that's sings what it's just for you is exactly uh, right with the passable Marissa Tomei stand in. <laughs> right. But she does; she is on a song on the album. Oh boy! Um, but celebrities yes, love doing favors for each other. It's it's a weird thing because it's like six years after my cousin Vinny came out, mm-hmm. uh, and yes, that was a popular movie. And uh, but like six years is kind of a long time to to do it afterwards, and then for a movie like that, anyways, I feel like. It had and, sort of passed out of the zeitgeist, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it starts out with a, a song called Yo Cousin Vinny. So it's like, all right, here, this is, here's this whole thing. Uh, but then, like, quickly goes into, like, the, uh, the second song is this kind of, it's, it's a, that's actually maybe the one I should have sent you. Uh, it's uh, a, a rap and it's called Wise Guy, and it's like him as like a, a mobster. So yes. it's like, what is this album? That's also a side interest of mine is people who had no business rapping. Oh, yeah. By and large, white people yeah. from the heyday of the the, the, the tail end of you're going to get killed for this, don't do not do this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, that was uh, that was a time-honored subgenre. Yeah. Anybody could do it. It's just talking to a beat, right? Yeah. Well, the uh, the um, the Patreon that I have just launched for the show that focuses on singles instead of albums, uh, the one of the episodes I've done is about, are you familiar with monster rap? I can't say I am. Bobby Boris Pickett, who did the Monster Mash. Oh. In 1984... There's an updated version called Monster Rap. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody it was the it was the way it was the back door into music and you can see the extent to which hip hop was still considered uh, a novelty. Yeah. Obviously there's there's rap and Rodney, mm-hmm. Rodney Dangerfield, which honestly I liked it when I was a kid. <laughs> I still think it's pretty great now. He made his act rhyme. <laughs> You gave him that respect that he normally couldn't get. I know, I know, I know, I know. That, that he spent his entire life looking for and mm-hmm. finally gets posthumously for his rap career. Yep. So uh, I, I haven't listened to this. You sent me a Joe Pesci yeah, track. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit hit or miss with this album, to be honest, because it... it... <laughs> oh, my God. You the reason Hey, you moan and you groan and you bitch and you whine. 
it's a, this is why I'm I'm torn on this album is because yes, it's oh, you have mixed emotions this, about that, <laughs> but I mean, uh, clearly, uh, he's. Uh, He's having fun. Like, this isn't supposed to be serious. No. So that's why, like, sometimes when it falls into that, like, it's like, okay, I, I give you a little, again, even though I don't make fun of the the records on the show, I, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, this is kind of like more of a, there's a, there's a line sometimes for me of whether it fits or not for the what I'm trying to do. And oh, this to, is a bizarre album, Tony. Make no mistake. <laughs> but but also like when it's like oh, but it's also kind of like he's kind of a, making like a a com- comedy record. But then also, but the but then what makes it turn though is there are moments where you're like, wait, this one kind of seems like he's taking it seriously. Um, so it, it's it is a mix, and just the fact that he does it, you know, some of it is in character. I'm like, okay, so this this falls this falls into what I'm doing, but it is walking yeah. a little bit of a line. For I me. consider that a bizarre attempt at comedy, and yeah. I can only imagine when he goes. But folks, if I can get serious here for a second, <laughs> talk about the love of my life, my mama. <laughs> um, I grew up a couple towns away from where Joe Pesci is from. There's a little diner there that has pictures of him up on the wall and everything. Uh-huh. So I kind of know of what I speak when I talk about New Jersey Italians. It's mm-hmm. very funny to me it was always funny to me at the time and i feel like my my hunch as a child has been sort of vindicated in adulthood getting away from that world and out in the world it's really crazy how we give a pass to italians italian americans playing this crazy stereotypical version of themselves with just like well i'm italian like can you because where i'm from is in northern new jersey is largely Italian-American, second-generation, third-generation, and Mm Irish-American. Can you imagine if someone of Irish extraction had been in, like, an Irish gangster movie or two and then had started performing, like, jigs with a fiddle and asked people to take him seriously? (laughs) Right. I I got you. I I don't even know what to say. Respect yourself, Joe Pesci, is I think (laughs) what I'm I'm trying to say here. So uh, that is uh, an entire episode on that is on the Bizarre Albums pod. Everybody should check that out. What I wanted to talk to you about today was another Twitter exchange that I don't think you were involved with. Um, I talk a lot on this show about songs that may or may not be guilty of plagiarism. And Mm -hmm. somebody thought that they had made a connection between um, Freeze Frame by the Jay Giles Band Mm -hmm. and the theme song to the late 80s after school cartoon DuckTales. Yes, I think I saw this cover. I was like, okay. so you started, I was like, wait, I remember seeing this, but I couldn't. <laughs> right. So I, I'm, I'm not sure that there's. Yeah, I don't know. And no offense, even if this guy's wrong um, for sending this, I love that you want to play this game. Everybody recalls, right? Mm-hmm. There's more to Jay Giles than Angel is a centerfold. <laughs> So I assume that's what we're that's what we're talking about, and I I think we we kind of know where the similarity lies. If anybody remembers, uh, yeah, the Ducktales. Uh, I, I guess you know even before you put it on, I I, I can kind of hear it, but I don't know that I ever would have went there in my head without someone saying it. Now I okay, a couple things about this. Actually, I take it back. I feel like I don't even hear it at all. <laughs> I see it's got the. It's on the ones and twos there. Um, okay, in your opinion, is this the original version of the DuckTales theme song? To my knowledge, I... Sounds like it, right? I, yeah, but I also... I, 
I feel like DuckTales... I never really watched it. Okay, also. okay, okay, okay. So. I'm familiar with it, and I definitely know the song, but I, I watched I a fuck ton of, of yeah. DuckTales, and I can't tell the difference. And the reason why I I would assume it is, but I would believe that I'm wrong, is because when I started looking for that, it turns out there's like many knockoff versions mm-hmm. of it and music inspired by DuckTales. And I feel like you're pretty um, you're pretty immersed in nerd culture. I don't think you'd take offense for me to Son say that. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like I, selectively, though, yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of okay. stuff that people think that they're like, "Oh yeah, you love Star Wars, or you must love," and I'm like, "Actually, no, I don't. I'm really like picky with what I okay, get. but the no, things uh, I like, I really yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like you're the stuff that you like is adjacent enough to enough other yeah, subcultures yeah. that you For can sure. you know you know more about them than I do. I find it odd that full grown adults re-record faithful versions of the DuckTales theme song. (laughs) Where is the line? But I don't find it weird when people want to go to Comic-Con and, you know, cosplay for the weekend. Yeah. Am I crazy to think that it's weird for an adult to take the time to re-record DuckTales theme songs? Uh, Look. I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I also feel like I can understand their side as well. Uh, like, are there better uses of your time? Sure. We all waste time. If, yes. if, if you ever get that report at the end of the week from Apple that tells you you've been spending two hours a day <laughs> staring at your phone, I would seriously make the case that recording cover albums of the DuckTales <laughs> theme song is a better use of your time. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I kind of have the mentality of, of hey, if you— if you're not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. you're having fun doing it, do it. Are we sure people who record, like adults who record cover versions of DuckTales aren't hurting anybody? <laughs> I feel like that might be a red flag. So you're not familiar You're not familiar with that song to the extent that I am. I was surprised to learn that um, the, the, there is a long version of the DuckTales theme mm. song. It's got a second verse. It's got a guitar solo. They kind of got like an Ottawa on the guitar, so it's actually like ducky. Okay. Sounding, uh-huh. but what really came to mind above all else when Magic Man on Twitter, uh, the Magic Man on Twitter, suggested there was a similarity between um, a potentially criminal similarity between <laughs> the Dugdale's theme song and Freeze Frame by the J. Giles Band is that if I'm being honest, I think that the Dugdale's theme song is the superior song. <laughs> okay, because um, they actually managed to the the condensed version has like a verse, a chorus, a bridge. Back to the chorus, and then kind of an outro, and they and they and they and they nail it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird skill to be able to write an effective pop song that's thirty seconds long. Yeah, I mean, even the Ramones never quite got there, right? Um, so that got me thinking about theme songs. And at first, I want to talk to you about TV theme songs, but this hang, just... hang on though. Mm-hmm. Can I can okay. I interrupt for just a second? Please. I just I have to pose a question to you. Yeah, you think Ducktales is the superior song to Freeze Frame by the Jay Giles Band? It, okay. Yes. What what if someone spent their time recording a cover of Freeze Frame? Okay. I see what you did there. That would be incredibly asinine as well. <laughs> I don't All right. I okay. Okay, seriously, like <laughs> So you and I, you know, we're friendly. We've met a couple times. If you said what'd you get up to this weekend and I said I <laughs> recorded <laughs> A faithful cover 
Like, you barely wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I'm really making a perfect recreation of the DuckTales theme song, of the original iteration, because they had multiple reboots that had multiple, you know, they got a little zazzy with the, the theme song as time went on. Um, and, uh, hey, did you know that there's a, actually a full version of that? And I got the second verse, and I, you know, really hard time actually matching the original guitar effect from the, the duck-sounding guitar solo on the original, but I, I, I nailed it. That's what I did this weekend. You would think that was odd, I think. I, I, I think I would probably be, I would try to be polite about yeah. it. We run in quirky. Head, go, huh, yeah, we run right. in, in, in quirky crowds. But if somebody <laughs> said, hey, do you know that guy? What's he like? That would probably be one of the first things that came out of your mind, right? <laughs> now, what if I told you I spent the weekend making a fucking unbelievably right. faithful cover? Because if I said, hey, dude, I'm taking freeze frame places Jay Giles never dreamed of, <laughs> well, that's a whole different story because it's amazing. Like, I, I will refer once again on this show to when the metal band Kick Tracy utterly reimagined Mrs. Robinson in a mm-hmm. way that Paul Simon and Garfunkel put together could have never dreamt of in the late 60s. That's a different story. But to just be faithful to freeze frame, the difference being obviously that freeze frame, uh, well, you know, DuckTales is, was aimed at children and freeze frame was aimed at ever so slightly <laughs> older children. <laughs> you know, I, I have to argue, though, that I think if you, if you did come to me saying, I'm taking the Jake House band places yeah. they never dreamed of, I think I would think that's the craziest one of any of them. Unless, I agree, I agree. Unless I pulled it off. If you're just like, this guy, okay, <laughs> now we can rank these things. Have you met Tell? Yeah, do you know he makes covers of the DuckTales song? <laughs> or like... Do you know he's got it in his head that he's reimagining the back catalog of the Jay Giles band? And I actually think he's made them worse. It's fucking unbelievable, dude. He turned freeze frame into like this, this dirge. It's like 30 beats per minute. <laughs> but. If there's just that odd chance that somebody uh, that I that I've uh, really polished that turd and um, you know found the diamond in the rough that was always there, Jay Giles didn't even realize what they had on their hands. Well, then I would expect you to give me the respect that I deserve. <laughs> so I think what it comes down to is this: I really, really, really love pop music, and I love a tightly constructed song. And sometimes I can I can love the execution so much that I'm. I guess I'm barely even hearing just how shitty and tacky the actual content, the musical content is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is, is I'm really impressed whoever wrote the DuckTales theme song <laughs> that they really, they covered a lot of ground rather effectively in like, in like 30 seconds. Yeah. And so I started looking up what are the best um, cartoon theme songs and um, I found Ranker is a website that, mm-hmm. that ranks things. I think they, they're doing pretty well. And um, uh, I'm not surprised to find that DuckTales actually was ranked as the number one cartoon theme song really? okay. of all time by all the right. readers of Ranker.com. And uh, so I started just going down the rest of, of their list, and now um, there's elements of that. Don't let me be misunderstood. <laughs> there's elements of that that I can defend. Um, as a piece of music, I was a little bit surprised to... Um, to find out that the number two ranked cartoon theme song of all time by the readers, if they may be so called, of Ranker.com is this. Mm. 
Definitely memorable, but <laughs> I don't know that I would have gone that high. It doesn't get better. It's maybe the simplicity of it or something. It's not simple. It's, we're we're going places. Well, but I mean, like as far like think of like kids listening oh, the to hook, it. The hook, the, yeah. yeah. When you've forgotten the B part, the go gadget go, we're getting into here. Oh, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> I think kids can handle those two words. <laughs> and that's what makes me think that I'm not crazy about the DuckTales song, because I, 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 I agree that it is the number one uh, cartoon theme song. Uh, well, it's not. Actually, I get to an exception a little while later. But um, yeah, Inspector Gadget is obviously a piece of shit. I don't know where you <laughs> come in on... Uh, on this bad boy here. Yeah. That's now, something hip people are always saying. Oh yeah. <laughs> now now what cartoon is that from? <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, that was uh that one is a little more uh my my uh my wheelhouse, I think. Okay. I, I wasn't like a uh, super freak about the the turtles, but I I did watch that one. I never got the turtles. Yeah. I I feel like I'm a little bit lame to admit that because they are quirkier. Yeah. It's definitely odd that yeah. they're they're turtles. It's a ridiculous cartoon. <laughs> yes, it's just the, everything about it is ridiculous. Uh, but it like owned its ridiculousness, at least in its original iteration, right? Wasn't the comic yeah. book actually like knowingly That's weird? Okay. Uh, I I am not knowledgeable enough okay. to uh, to answer that. I'm led to believe that actually, uh, if somebody tells you that they spent the weekend catching up on <laughs> the uh, original comic <laughs> version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that that person is now uh, actually cool. <laughs> they're hip. nineteen. Yeah, they're, yeah, hip they're and hip. They'll tell you. Just ask them. They're really, really hip. Um, as a piece of music, there's a lot of enthusiasm on the internet for Mark Mothersbaugh's theme song. To the Rugrats. Yeah, see, this is definitely past my cartoon Same. watching era. Absolutely. That's uh, why I'm just I'm just here for the music. Yeah. I mean Mark Mothersbaugh. Hey. I got to interview him one time and uh it was so awesome. Cause the like I, I like Mark Mothersbaugh. I've never been the hugest divas uh Devo fan, but uh you know I mean it's, it's Devo, you you know, mm. all all due respect and I've seen him live and they're still actually really super cool. Um uh, at least they were when I saw him a few years ago. But literally, all I wanted to ask him was um, what he thought about Vampire Weekend stealing their entire career from him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny when you can get it's such a, a a unique thrill to this job of when people can diplomatically concede mm-hmm. that what you're saying is is true. I don't know if I I don't care. Um, uh, I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my wife was uninitiated when she and I met, so I took her to, um, a screening of, uh, Evil Dead 2. And, or maybe it's Army of Darkness, doesn't matter. But we walk out and she's just like, oh my God, Jim Carrey just took his whole thing. His whole thing is that guy. Does everybody know that? And I'm like, oh my, oh my God, I never thought of that. And, and when you, 
when you when you look at it that way, I don't think that you would see Jim Carrey quite the same way. He obviously uh-huh. added other stuff into it, but I think it was a much bigger inspiration than anybody was talking about at the time. And it's so great. I talked to Bruce Campbell, and I'm like, "Have you? Has this theory ever come your way?" And I I shouldn't say it, but like, there's a thing that celebrities get good at that I could never be a celebrity because I can never do it where they literally say one thing with their mouth while they say something else with their face. <laughs> right. And he literally was like, oh, everybody's got their influences, while his the, the top half of his face, his eyes just said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me see. These songs are pretty much uniformly terrible. Didn't you do something with the chipmunks on your... I I did. Uh, yeah, I, I covered the Chipmunk Punk album recently. Now, what was that all about? Uh, well, it's not punk. I know that. <laughs> it's it actually that record came out in 1980 and kind of led to this actually because oh, tell me uh, about that. See, this to me, this is an okay song. Yeah. Oh yeah, this was definitely huge for me at the time. I'm a big sucker for the. They got the 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 one. Three, four, five, which is also the chord progression, which is also like a Creep by mm-hmm. Radiohead, and then mm-hmm. the song that Creep was stolen from that they had to pay money for. Okay, yeah, Creep. Uh, what is? I'm not sure. Creep is the this the guy from the Strokes. Who's the guy from the Strokes with the hair? Uh, uh, Albert Hammond, Hammond Jr. Yes. Uh huh. His dad was in a band that. Oh, what the hell was it? It's great. Anyway, tell me about the Chipmunks and the Chipmunks Go Punk. Uh, well, they had, uh, I didn't know a ton of, I knew some of their backstory, but I didn't, you know, I obviously knew of like the Christmas song that, that, that they blew up from back in the late 50s or early. Yeah. You you know, the, uh, uh, Christmas, Christmas. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That was like, that was the first chipmunk song. And, um, so, uh, Ross Bagdasarian is the guy who created the Chipmunks, who also was Dave Seville. Um, he went under the like stage name Dave Seville and was doing some songs before doing the Chipmunks. Does the Chipmunks for a while, has some success there. He suddenly dies of a heart attack in 1972, I want to say it was. And uh, then the Chipmunks were just done basically mm-hmm. because he had died but he has a son Ross Bagdasarian Jr that then was trying to uh revive them for like years after his dad died and uh apparently what happened was a radio DJ I want I think it was in Philadelphia just bored apparently in the middle of the night played Call Me by Blondie at like double speed and then afterwards like joked that it was the new single from the Chipmunks and apparently people started calling the station, like, wanting them to play it more. And word got out about this. Eventually, uh, a small record label gets in touch with Ross Bagdasarian Jr., and they end up putting together this, they call it Chipmunk Punk. And uh, it's called Chipmunk Punk, but they there are, it's literally, it's all, uh, of course, it's the Chipmunks, so it's all covers, but it's, like, Billy Joel songs. Uh there's a Queen song. There's a Linda Ronstadt song. Like nothing punk on it, uh, and but it like blows up and I think went gold pretty quickly and uh, just kind of led to the big comeback of the Chipmunks that is still going these days. It is, yeah. That's that's right. Uh, it, it, yeah, I had the 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 vinyl album. I think it was Chip uh, Urban Chipmunk. 
Yes. <laughs> a lot of people have suggested that one to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah, mama, don't let your babies grow up to be chipmunks, Alvin, yeah. uh-huh. et cetera. Yeah. It has staying power. It's very interesting, again, seeing things through the eye of um, a, a seven-year-old, like, if he sees um, the piece of shit Garfield movie with Bill Murray as the mm-hmm. voice. By the way, pretty underrated. Bill Murray is, like, the human version of Garfield. People mm-hmm. don't realize what a sublime like casting choice that really was but and he responds to it there's no nostalgia there he doesn't know that this used to be a totally awful comic strip as well you know when he responds to an album the chipmunks movie it's like i guess there is either there is something about those characters that really does resonate for some inexplicable reason or it really is true that kids will watch fucking anything (laughs) and in my experience that's not exactly true kids will watch almost anything yeah you can blow it even with children so Mm -hmm. there is something durable to the uh to the chipmunk thing yeah, and they were another one that sort of like walked the line for me of like, is this a thing? But I, it was just for me like the kind of the whole story of it, kind of like what I kind of tried to quickly tell there. But then all just the whole thing of like it being called Chipmunk Punk, and then there's it's there's no just, punk whatsoever on it. It's like Billy Joel. I just love that it's called that, and then there's a <laughs> Billy Joel cover. I really <laughs> respect your like the the purity of your mission, but these are deeply bizarre albums that you're that yeah. you're talking about. And just because they've been sort of grandfathered into the culture doesn't make them retroactively any less bizarre than they were. The right. Chipmunk thing is a very strange thing, and then to to have a comeback and under those circumstances, yeah. Is incredibly bizarre. Yeah. So no, I, I I agree. But yeah, it's just sometimes I'll find out about certain things like that where then if I start kind of looking into it, I'm like, oh, I mean, this is really just a kid's album. And like, it's <laughs> just that's what it's supposed to be. And it's not. But like with it being what this was, I was like, OK, I feel like this is this is a good story to tell. Uh, the Tower Power play on that one, too. Not that one. That's one of the few they're not on. <laughs> they were they were busy, man. Uh, but uh, but. Lenny Pickett from Tower Power uh, does play on the Joe Pesci record. Perfect. Yep. I love so. that. I love that. Um, okay, so you, by the way, this is, and you'll know it as soon as you hear it, this is the song that Radiohead was forced to settle over. Now, I came in a little late. Trust me. It's, they, no, I mean, I they, hear they, it. They paid up. I don't think I knew this fact. What is the band called? The Hollies. Oh, this is the Hollies. Okay. Which I've always found really uh, confusing because there's like Buddy Holly and the Crickets, but then there's the Hollies and yeah. as somebody who was late to the game for all these. So yeah, Albert Hammond mm-hmm. is, I, I actually might be the 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 primary Holly. Okay, and I didn't know when the Strokes came out that uh, I didn't realize quite what made men they were. I knew that the yeah. story goes that this the lead singer, his dad owned one of the leading um, uh, modeling agencies in New York, mm-hmm. and there's different shades on the story. But basically, when the Strokes played, lots of hot models came to the shows, and yeah. it was either people would say the dad paid them to go, or maybe it was just that they thought it would make a good impression on the dad if they went, or maybe they just really knew the guy's kid, and let's, the Strokes, by the way, are one of my favorite bands. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe they just liked the band and were in on the ground floor because of the connection, but between him and also having the son of a successful yeah. rock star, it helps. Right. It certainly comes in, comes in handy. For sure. I used to... Uh, this is not quite the same thing, I guess, but um, I remember my band used to gig 
with this other we play like battle of the bands we were really really young with this guy and his entire band had like amazing pristine brand new equipment and the rumor was always that like his dad really wanted to help him be successful in music so he took the whole band up with stuff and yeah. <laughs> this cannot possibly be true the story that was always told about him was that his dad had bought him the rights to some really obscure Jimi hendrix song <laughs> 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 uh that's first of all fantastic yeah. uh-huh. but let me just just because like I, again talking about like how many of these things these people and things tie together uh-huh. uh Joe Pesci in the 60s briefly played guitar with a band called Joey D and the Starlighters who I don't know if you know that super old song Peppermint Twist they did that song you might you yeah. might know it if you heard it but yeah. uh I'm thinking any- of Lipstick and Peppermint no, I'm sure either. I know it if I heard yes. it. Yeah, uh, but he briefly was in that band. Didn't play on any of the recordings, but he was in that band for a little bit. And uh, I believe after him, but basically also played guitar for a very short time in that band. Jimi Hendrix. Oh damn! So Joe Pesci and Jimi yeah. Hendrix both played in the same band. <laughs> and then, if I'm not mistaken, as you probably know, one of Jimi Hendrix's roadies was Lemmy. No, I've never heard that. I believe. Wow. I've definitely heard that. I know yeah. I'm not. I can, all I can say for sure is I know I'm not imagining that. <laughs> I may have bad intel, <laughs> but I've at least heard it, which basically means nothing. As Homer Simpson once said, the important thing is I'm not imagining. Um, talking about cartoon theme songs, this is a horrible cartoon theme song, and this one actually should have been good given the song. You kind of had to nail the song. When it's about a when it's band. about a band, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's groovy as fuck. Don't get me wrong there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, equally bad is its uh, spiritual air uh, gem in the holograms. I don't know if you had a you had a sister. Uh, my sisters were older, so they weren't really watching Jim. But I'm I'm very aware of Jim. You got lucky. I hope Debbie Gibson got some points on this. <laughs> this is something else. I mean, everything's getting remade. Didn't this get remade recently? They made a movie, yeah. yeah. There's still a sliver of a chance of hope that there is a god, because I'm pretty sure that movie tanked hard. <laughs> and then here was the problem with this show, was that there was bad guys that were another band. And I don't, I don't know exactly how it would work out to have adversaries. I love it. Yeah. I love, I love the sound of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, mis- <laughs> the misfits had it in for Jim. They had no talent, but uh, they were, they were like the wily coyote of <laughs> the Jim universe. And then, if you want something to look at for uh, a truly bizarre standalone for your Patreon, because I had a, a sister, I feel like I should say it again. Um, I am aware of uh, the Barbie knockoff of Jim. That came along. Oh, yes. I'm not going to play that because the crazy thing is I could sing it for you. I know the entire song from Barbie and the Rockers. Barbie and the Rockers. Because when you bought because they were threatened by Jim. And so they had to make a, yeah. even, even like seven year old me knew what was going on. They had yeah. to, they had to make a knockoff. And so all of a sudden Barbie rocked <laughs> and she was in like a, a Go-Go's-esque uh-huh. power trio. Yeah. 
and uh, their 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 single was called Barbie and the Rockers. Uh huh. But then I I, I forget that there was a B side on that single as well. That was uh that was I, th- I think it was about them uh, wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I for some reason I thought you were I thought there was like another knockoff, but maybe I'm I'm crazy. But yeah, as soon as you I didn't realize you were talking about Barbie and the Rockers, but I definitely remember that being a thing. I don't know if you were a uh, G.I. Joe guy. That is, uh, that's a truly terrible theme song. Not really even a... <laughs> this is, yeah, this is really bad. I remember this part. Yeah. I, I remember it being more energetic, though. Maybe it was for the commercials or something? I think there may have been more than one version. But this is... Uh, Wow, that's just I, it's like it's like a real American has such a stick up his ass that he is unable to he is literally too tough to make listenable music is kind of what I'm <laughs> kind of what I'm getting from that. Yeah, I was never a G.I. Joe kid. Yeah. But Sergeant Slaughter was in by then, so this is this is prime time. This is actually late era. This is like more the more Baroque era of right. of G.I. Joe. I find it interesting as a a sub 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 genre TV theme songs that have um male singers singing in unison because mm-hmm. i was thinking of the um the different strokes theme song uh-huh. now the world don't move yep. which is probably like three dudes yeah singing yeah, together not harmonizing right no it's like, no there may be avenge- parts maybe but like most of it is just the, like the different unison. strokes in the world yeah. somebody's somebody's sitting the fifth or the fourth yeah. there but uh but right it's like bananarama I always mm-hmm. think of that. That's always the phenomenon to me, where it's like it's three singers, but they had so little talent that it's just always all three of them singing <laughs> yeah. the exact same thing. The Spice right. Girls also did a, ran with this yeah. later on, and I'm not shitting on. It. I, I, I like all that crap, but uh, it's it is. <laughs> make I'm not no shitting on it. I like all that crap. <laughs> I don't. I think Bananarama know what they are. They're they're on their first reunion tour in like 20 years right now. I know that about them, so I'm allowed to I'm allowed to shit on Bananarama, but I can't think of many. Um, pieces of of pop music music in general outside of uh the the tv theme song sphere that would have multiple men singing together right at least not like consistently yeah, yeah. no no i mean yeah. we, we all love a good gang vocal that's right. not what... <laughs> right right <clears throat> i'm just here to state the obvious yeah <laughs> um uh yeah i'm sure uh this is one of those things everybody knows but i'm sure you know you know who wrote the different strokes theme song Nope. You don't. Mm-mm. Alan Thick. Oh, wow. He wrote a lot of those 80s themes. He wrote that. I believe he wrote Facts of Life also. Oh, okay. And I think there's at least one other that he wrote as there's well. There's actually two different Facts of Life theme, song, Facts of Life theme songs. Uh-huh. They're the same song, but they're different lyrics. Uh-huh. And the original one has probably the best couplet I've ever heard in anything ever. Okay. Which is... Um, when the boys you used to hate you date, I guess you'd best investigate the facts of life. <laughs> that's fucking incredible. <laughs> Think about the wordplay that's going yeah, on it's in there. Pretty, that Al Thick, he's really got it. <laughs> yeah, his son's got nothing on him. <laughs> that's just uh, a just a drunken ass grabber compared to his old man. <laughs> yeah, there is. They're really like. Uh, this was something I had talked about with some people recently. Is, is I do feel like. The 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 especially in the eighties, but even before that too, like the theme songs were like a whole thing, and I feel like it's it's kind of not completely gone away, but it's definitely not what it was. And our attention spans have gotten so bad now that they're either the the theme songs are non-existent, like they just like 
just go into the show, or mm-hmm. they're like two seconds long. Yeah, um, I'm watching Barry right now. It's literally yeah. like a like a second and a half. Barry is the best show on television, in my opinion. Anyways, uh, but theme songs used to be they used to have bridges. That's, That's what I'm saying, dude. That's all I'm trying to say yeah. here. I guess. I guess. Thank you for making my point for me, since I wasn't aware of what it was. Ducktales was a goddamn song. <laughs> they had movements. There were things going on in them. Like yeah. They were like, but on some of those '80s shows, they're like two-minute-long theme songs. Like they're actually long, and and again, like had multiple choruses yeah. and a bridge. Well, it's you crazy. know, that the more the more clock you can eat up with the theme song yeah. that you can replay <laughs> over and over again, the less actual. Show yeah. that you have to make, man. That's crazy. Um, you know who was most guilty of that by far is um the sketch comedy show in Living Color. Mm-hmm. Their theme song is like four minutes long. Yeah, I remember the song. I didn't remember it being long, but again, that was like kind of par for the course back then. So yeah, maybe I just heavy didn't D think and, twice of it. No, 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 no. Is it Heavy D and the Boys? Uh, yeah, it was right. I Everybody don't know. here, I'm more just... kind. And then and then uh, SW1 you breaks down. Everybody, 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 everybody. Like they had a remix within the thing, uh-huh. and then they would do like a, a, a ninety second sketch, and then oh, and also so they did this incredibly long theme song, and then Keenan Ivory Wayne's comes out, and I guess he's a funny guy because he did make that, and like I'm gonna get you sucker and stuff yeah. like that. But he would come out and literally say absolutely nothing, <laughs> uh, like just go. Everybody would cheer for like a very very long time, and then he'd be like, guys, 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 we got such a great show. It's gonna be crazy. Let's get it going. (laughs) And then the DJ would do something, and then the Fly Girls would dance, Uh and then they would go to break. And it it, would, because I do watch the replays of it, it's like a 21 minute show that has like 12 minutes of content. (laughs) It's pretty great. It's it's entirely shameless. Um, Segwaying from G.I. Joe, there's, uh, of course, He Man is sort of his his spiritual uh, partner. And, uh, I do not remember He-Man talking like this. And the masters of the universe. Solid. So far, we're okay. I am Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayson. This is Cringer. Is that Casey Kasem? It's not. It was often back in that era, but that is not. The day I held aloft my magic sword. How old is the man? That's like a 60-year-old man. I know. I... I only remembered the voice because I, I not too long ago watched a documentary about the He-Man toy on that toys toys that, that made, made us. Yeah, that's the only reason I remembered. Yeah, and we can skip all the the low hanging fruit <laughs> <laughs> in regard to the uh, the uh, the He-Man phenomenon. That was a that's an odd one to look back at for many many reasons. Oh, yeah, that's a it's a weird show. Also, never. I got more into He-Man than I did GI Joe, but it was mm-hmm. never a huge thing for me. It was one of those I felt like pressured into liking or something. I feel like I had lots of friends that liked yeah. it and then I felt like I had to. It was a phenomenon and if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure they would have gotten into this in the the Toys That Made Us series on Netflix. That was the real turning point um after the Star Wars toys made so much goddamn money. Mm-hmm. By and large for George Lucas who signed an incredible deal. He's yeah. like like as Bill Gates is to Windows, so is mm-hmm. uh, so is George Lucas to the merch on Star Wars. I think they just cut out the middleman, right? And they started making toy lines with an eye towards essentially making a TV uh, yeah, show based, I so. based on them. And that's what G.I. Joe was. And that's why they were constantly running into new friends and yep. shit like that. And mm-hmm. that's, that's also what, what He-Man was. It's so incredibly cynical. Yeah. 
<laughs> and we sat there and watched it. And years ago, I got my hands on DVDs of the original G.I. Joe series. And I'm like, well, this has got to be fun for, you know, good for a laugh. And it's it's just, that's, it's, it's literally unwatchable. That A lot of those no old sense. cartoons are like that. Yep. You think like, oh, I haven't seen this in forever. This is going to be so fun to, oh, no, it's not. Yeah. It's I w- just boring. Yeah, I would assume the same would be true if I went back and watched a vintage episode of Heathcliff. He sucks so bad they haven't even tried to they haven't even tried to like reboot him into a movie, have they? Even Woody Woodpecker has like a Netflix movie. See? It's a halfway decent song. Yes, I'm very familiar with Yeah, Heathcliff or as I called him, Homeless Garfield. Yeah. It's all it was was Garfield without a house. Mm-hmm. He didn't eat lasagna, he ate fish bones. He just sucked that <laughs> that fish clean. Um this is a this is a two-minute long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're into a middle eight there. <laughs> yep. There we go. <laughs> Kenny Loggins should have got some points on this. <laughs> All right. What I want to know is going to happen, and you you keep me updated on this after after this recording today, because I had ended up in this. Uh, doesn't matter how or why. I don't even remember why, honestly. See, but what, there was what's a point about that. Yeah. No, this is a good theme song. Billy Joel had hits that sounded <laughs> <Right>? like that. <laughs> But I had revisited this theme song, okay. and I think because you did? Of, yes, what the fuck? I was hey, look, I was reco- spending my weekend recording oh. a cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> wanted to make sure I really nailed all the foley effects. Wanted to go places that Heathcliff couldn't dream of. Um, but since I did that, still to this day, and this was years ago at this point, YouTube constantly tries to get me to watch the Heathcliff movie. Oh, I love when they <laughs> when they just go, oh, we've got you figured yes. out. I, well, count yourself lucky, because for me, it's Ben Shapiro. <laughs> YouTube is convinced that I really need to hear what Ben Shapiro is throwing down. Yeah. I got a couple more of these in the few minutes that remain to us. There's, this there's was... one I hope you get to. I'm not, I'm not going to say it, because I'll, I'll tell you if you do it. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. The Super Mario TV show is the first time I can remember feeling embarrassed for somebody who was on TV. <laughs> for Captain Lou? Yeah. Yeah. Even by Captain Lou's, you know, uh, Carnival Barker standards, this seemed. <laughs> <laughs> this show was pretty bad. It's horrible. I, I also had, had because I think, I don't know if they still are, but it, on net, they popped up on Netflix a while back, and I threw one on yes, just to my like, kids. see. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, this is not. And I think even at the time, I think I was so into Super Mario Brothers that I was excited and would watch it, but I think even at the time, I was like, this isn't very good. No, it's horrible. It, w- it wasn't even on a network. It was like a syndicated <laughs> yeah. piece, of, piece of trash. My kids still watch it from time <laughs> to time, which is insane. I got two more. This is not from the TV show. It's from the movie. This is a fucking kick-ass song. Dude, this is fucking solid. <laughs> the band is called Lion. And let me take you to the bridge. There we go. Wait till these guys break it down. Double bass. Dude, are Lion touring? <laughs> that is like the most like actually just sounds like 
uh, I mean, I guess it was a band, but that, yeah. yeah, that is. Well, like I don't know. Movie. I've never heard of Lion outside yeah, of the context yeah. of that one song. But uh, yeah, I'll, I will. Did they do the entire soundtrack? Um, I forget. You know, everyone always said you got to watch the movie. It's so sad when Optimus yeah. Prime dies, et cetera, et cetera. I've never seen it. Uh, I watched. I think I made. That was like a compromise one with my kid. I, you know, yeah. I was like, I got to watch something I can kind of half deal with. Well, I'll make you popcorn. And I forget. I don't think most of it was meddled out. I think there's more scored. Okay. Because there's that famous. Uh, well, now I'm blanking though. Because there's a song in that movie that is the song that uh, Mark Wahlberg goes into the studio and records. Oh, in is that what that's from? Yeah, that oh, is wow. a song from the Transformers movie. So that Hell, might be Lion yeah. also. Um, <clears throat> and uh, to me, this is clearly the best cartoon theme song of all time. I hope this is the one you were thinking of. <laughs> this is much different than what I was thinking of. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, the Fat Albert shit's a little over the top. <laughs> okay, Bill's a little. I don't think Bill had anything to do with the composition. Here we go, break it down. <laughs> now I am not a connoisseur, but is that not at least a halfway decent Sly Stone song? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what did I miss? Because that's everything I got. Uh Well, the one that I was thinking of, because it uh, it's just the memorable themes, and it is, again, probably terrible to revisit, but I haven't revisited, uh, and it was probably the closest thing to... Uh, Replace not not replacing Star Wars, but like as Star Wars movies were done coming out as I was a kid, and like new stuff was popping up, it was probably the thing that I got into the most post Star Wars was Mask. Okay, now I saw that one mentioned. What is it? Uh, oh, oh, M A S K. Yeah. Do you not even remember Mask? No idea what you're talking wow. about. Because I feel like we're similar in age. There's the Cobra Commander knockoff. Yeah. Was this on cable? I think this was also like a syndicated thing. Oh, okay. I think. This means nothing to me. Wow, this is shocking to me. Okay, I mean, you got me so far. (laughs) Half the movies that I watch have this as the opening (laughs) credits. Oh, sure, yeah, man. What's that, White Lion? Somebody's calling Gloria. <laughs> that is a great call. That is a great call. I would have say this theme song better than I remember. Because <laughs> this is the part I was remembering. Okay, I didn't remember the verse. No, that's great. No, next time I see you, you better tell me that you spent the weekend working on a people cover of the mask. Themes. Oh, I'm gonna get. It. I'm gonna have to get into that. I don't, did it just not air in New York? Like it doesn't. It can't be. I, I'm shocked. The I know all of this shit. Yeah. Like, and uh, may I ask? You don't have to say if you don't. How old are you? I'm 42. Yeah. So you're you are a year older than me. Mm-hmm. This should have been right in your wheelhouse. My entire childhood has been alive. <laughs> we got to go. Thanks again. As always, you're at Tony Thaxton. You're at Bizarre Albums. Love what you're doing over there. Keep it up. Thank you. Thanks for having me.